Mabuhay, kapwatids. My name is Aini. And my name is Stephanie. Welcome to the Babaylan Bruja Book Club Podcast. We have come together in efforts to decolonize our minds, bodies, and reconnected spirit by ways of relation via conversation, education, interpretation, and integration. So this is our invitation for you to join us on our journey as we discuss the works of honored artists, authors, and thought leaders in the Philippinex diaspora. Quick disclaimer, we want to acknowledge that in this moment, everyone is consciously where they need to be. And we are not experts, but we are sharing our own unique lived experiences. Welcome, and thank you again for joining us in our conversation. Before we enter in, let's take a moment to come into the present. No matter where you are or what you're doing, whether you find yourself commuting to work or taking a walk or having a coffee break, take a second to pause, inhale deeply, and exhale deeply, and take a look around. Ground yourself by using your senses to notice the present moment. Your feet on the ground, the breath in your lungs. Take in the sights around you and bring gratitude to this moment, no matter what you have been feeling today. And as we open this conversation, in gratitude, we acknowledge the ancestors of this land. For me, that is the Shawnee, Wyandotte, Miami, and Delaware people in Ohio. For Stephanie, that is the Bay Miwok Yokot people in the Bay Area, California. We acknowledge them knowing we cannot do our own decolonization work without mentioning their names and honoring their ancestral and modern day presence. We also acknowledge in gratitude your ancestors and our ancestors, guides, spirit, source, and all the circumstances that have brought us right to this moment today. Thank you again for joining us. We feel and acknowledge your presence, no matter wherever and whenever you're tuning in. Thank you for that beautiful opener, Miss Aimi. And um, I wanted to do a recheck in, just a quick one. How are you? How's your heart today? Asking you, my sister, as well as the listeners, check in with your hearts. How is it today? My heart is my heart is good. It is joyful. It is um you know, life always be life in. <laughs> like there's always there's always just hard <laughs> stuff, but I just feel like at this moment in time I'm able to get to a frequency of like appreciation and gratitude. Um, and not in a bypass, not in a spiritual bypass way, mm. um, but like in a, in a wholeness, fullness kind of way. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's where I am. How about you, sis? How's your heart? How's my heart? Thank you for sharing that. Um, fullness. I think for me, embodying the fullness is where I'm sort of um, just, you know, reconciling the pieces that fragmented off. Um, the grief pieces, the regret, the shame, the blame. And um, ironically, we're still in February. So it's still heart month. Um, And I've been working with an herb that opens up the heart, cacao. 
So it's been quite a month to really just drop into my heart more and to be really present and to learn how to process emotions in a way that allows me to step into this technology of forgiveness and mm. um, using that truth as ways to propel me into that vibration, that frequency of, mm-hmm. of heart space, of joy, of happiness. And so it's all part of this, this mystery we're in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we Here are. We <laughs> Thanks. Thinks you owe me a coconut juice? Yeah. <laughs> um, let sort of the outline of the chapter guide us. There's, um, if you, if y'all's tuning in or reading the book and um, are actually like, um, it, or have read it, um, you may recall these vocabulary words. Um, we noticed this chapter was a lot about linguistics. So shout out to like, um, again, Tita Lenny and then Katrin DeGia for this um, writing. Um, but, you know, from a <laughs> decolonizer, decolonizing point, like standpoint, like for me, I, I was like, remember, we were, te- are we going to say this out loud? I was texting her like, ooh, I feel like I'm in school. Yeah. And like, I have so many questions and I'm like, ooh, this, this. This word and this word sound the same, but there's like a different nuance to it. And oh my gosh. So, yeah, um, I was like, I was like, oh man, I'm back in school. I'm about to get a D on this quiz right now. <laughs> so, but then I was like, you know what? Back up. It, we get to, this is this, we get to do this and no gets grading us. We, and we, we already told the people that we are not experts. Right. So we have, but we are experience yes y'all's got a disclaimer yeah don't quote us again take what we say if it resonates take it if it doesn't compost it and really decide for yourself what resonates for you right you don't have to agree and that's okay um yes and don't use this as a resource for your actual um (laughs) actual quiz or coursework i mean this can just be like a little supplement but don't base it on this you should probably read (laughs) the book that's all i'm saying Right, we just breaking it down. Yes, um, per like we said in the intro, per conversation, integration, yes. <laughs> or invitation. Okay, so don't write a cliff notes report off this. But um, page eighty five to one hundred nine was definitely such a great deep dive into pakiki rumdum, pakiki rum, pakiki rumdum. Kiki rum, yes, yeah, dum 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 yes, dum 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 dum. My bad. No disrespect. No disrespect. That's see, this is part of like you were sharing, like being a like a child of the universe, like you a child, like what children do. They laugh. They play. Like yes, okay, you know we can be silly, but no disrespect. No, no disrespect. I was texting Steph. I was like. Why did our ancestors do this to us? <laughs> I was like, eating salamat po. <laughs> right. Like, like, I was like, dang, I'm revisiting my, um, my student, eth- like, my work ethic. Right. right? It's like, because I was, I turned in, best believe, I turned in that paper 11.59 at some times. Yeah. PM. Yeah. Let's <laughs> do it midnight. That's how I felt today. I was like, oh, man, I better, like, take some notes quick, <laughs> just an hour, like, an hour ago. <laughs> 
I know. It literally felt like study time. Yeah. We were texting each other like an hour or two before. Like, oh, damn, we got to read 20 pages. And <laughs> Okay, now, I speak for me. I don't know how <laughs> ahead this was. But um, either way, okay, so this was awesome to just dive yeah. into, like, the terms. Bahalana, Bathalana, Lakasnalua, Pakikibaka. Um, there's some that I'm just like, I wish my mom was here so I could ask her how to pronounce it. Yeah. Karangalan. So we're going to do our best yes. to just so hang tight. Yeah. Stick with us. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. Shall we dive in? Yeah. So um, like Seth said, we split this chapter up and we just really wanted to give respect and time to all of these um, terms. So these um, terms uh, are from a conceptualized theory by Virgilio Enriquez. Um, and he kind of conceptualized this in the late 80s. And it's called Pagkataon Filipino. It was part, of, <laughs> it was part of Philippine indigenous psychology or psicología. Filipino, which is a psychologian. Yeah, I don't know. Ancestors, <laughs> we need a channel uh, you know, right now. <laughs> Y'all know what we mean. Yes, and <laughs> and that is the psychology of, about, and for the Filipino people. So the reason mm. why it's included in this in this book is because. Um, Therefore, it would be the psychology of the Babylon because the Babylon is the indigenous. So, if the indigenous psychology, psicologian mm-hmm. Filipino, is um, you know about the indigenous people. So, the Babylon are indigenous, and so uh, that's why that all of these terms are important. So, on pages eighty nine to ninety, there are fifteen culture specific Filipino traits that Enriquez worked into his personality theory, Pagkata on Filipino, and defined it into three value categories, societal values, core values, and surface values. Discussed in the book are only those values that are relevant for the Babylon. So pivotal interpersonal values, confrontative surface values, and associated societal values. So those are the three, um, the three like uh, segments we're going to talk about. And within those will fall the uh, vocabulary words and we'll kind of define them and then talk about them. Mm-hmm. Beautiful summary, sis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we need framework, right? Sometimes yeah. to like take these terms from the cosmos and the ancestral realm and to like language right because yes so vast and huge and so I say ugh like so amazing too yeah okay so three pillars first one pivotal interpersonal values yes and this is yeah pakiramdam and then pakikiramdam those two yeah my bad I mean, yeah, and I was like, How, "What? These are the same? <laughs> What's <laughs> happening?" I know, like we added an extra kiki. It's like, <laughs> okay, it's different. Oh, that sounds like, you know, what your kiki means in Tagalog, right? 
for all those that that don't speak the kiki means you're keke, like you're keke, the source of all power. Yeah, I had so to let's cue Cardi B and Megan Stallion. Yeah, I had a Tita when she was on her moon. She would say, she called it her Kiki. She was like, my Kiki is crying. Oh. <laughs> so, Kaki, Kaki Ramdam. Yes. Um, so, Enrique pointed out here that feelings are important. Feelings. Feelings. <laughs> Feel your feelings. Hashtag, that's the movement. Okay, so, it goes, your feelings go far beyond what Western people associate with feeling. Paki Ramdam embraces both the explicit and the tacit or wordless ways of thinking of the heart. Um, so it's like that cognitive and emotional, your mind and your heart. For me, it's the intuitions. For me, mm-hmm. it's like that union between you finding that balance, that yin, that yang. Um, we all have it. And just being able to tap into that muscle, that, yeah. that, that inner knowing which um, some of the stories in this chapter was so beautifully, the one we're um, at the end, which I'm sure we'll get to. um, I was like, dang, like that made me kind of reflect on what are things that I, in my life, um, intuitively kind of observe or feel, and there's no words for it. Like, and I feel like in a Western society, it's like, you got to like have it on paper. Like you got to submit your essay. You got to have the diploma. Like you got to have these, credibilities to like be considered an expert of your of your own intuition and it's like uh so and I'm gonna go into the cosmos that's what happens that's why you're that's why that's why you're here sis um bring me back down to but girl I don't my my brain's been in the cosmos this, this week too I know and it ain't a crazy place to be it's oh, lovely up, it's lovely up there it is right it just be so right. tempting like it's that cue that song earth is ghetto you see have you heard that one okay <laughs> oh my gosh earth is ghetto i wanna leave <laughs> what's her name shout out to that artist i forgot her name but um but my point is with this paki ramdam intuitively was like oh that's your intuition Yes. So reading the situation and getting the sense of what is being said or presented and what is behind all of what is being said or presented, like like Steph said, tapping into your own intuition. Um, I literally, so- sorry, I really feel, I just quickly, I pictured yeah. that's so Raven. Remember that's so Raven? Yes. When she I'm was just, just like, she had a vision. Yeah. All those yeah. like those um you know you take you need people to create like that vision cinema thing but like the flashbacks how she could see like the future and the back whatever i feel like that happened all in like a split moment yeah so this is like feelings and not necessarily like emotions like how uh western the western world would understand like oh you're you're just in your feelings like this is and a, a tapping into something deep, like a feeling into what's behind and also what is, right? So, <clears throat> um, and so then that can, uh, yes. you want to 
share that one? Yeah. So I was just going to say it's also a feeling. Oh, no. Don't be. No apologies. Just thank me. So excited. Thank you for continuing, sis. (laughs) So Pakiki Ramdam uh, is also a feeling like Paki Ramdam, but it is a feeling linked to Philippine to the Filipino value of Kapwa, the inclusive self. Uh, so because, because Kapwa is the self and the other, right. And therefore overrides the barriers erected by individuality. So we see ourselves in the other, the other is me. You, we are all us. You are part of me. I am part of you. So Pakiki Ramdam is always participatory. So this feels to me, uh, how I understand the difference between Pakiramdam and Pakikiramdam is the fact that so Pakiramdam is more general and then Pakikiramdam is uh, more specific as in that um, it's something a, a people feels right and so it's not just um, uh, conceptually like it's more vast the expanded yeah. version yeah literally yeah. kakiki there's an actual key in there <laughs> right how creative <laughs> linguistics right. um, so the examples that they had brought up uh, in the book was one of the examples was like the western upbringing versus filipino upbringing when talking specifically about infanthood so the western ways you know you're born in a in a hospital it's very clinical it's um, you know, you have disinfected, stiff hospital linens, which are not necessarily bad, just saying. But like, you know, there's scheduled feedings, there's scheduled uh, feedings. And then, you know, there's this whole idea of like, you put your baby down in the crib on its back, and then you just leave it. And like yeah. the baby's supposed to know, I was right? left. I was one of those babies, too. Yeah, so Western. Um, these hardly further emotional sharpness. It doesn't add to helping people know pakiki ramdam so but in the in in philippine in philippines um ancestrally there was a lot of skin contact with babies there was demand feeding and the mother's smells are part of the infant's earliest memories and all these foster fundamental faith in life and the mutual trust and empathy that prop up the cognitive framework for pakiki ramdam so individualism versus kapwa So it's kind of like a knowing, um, like a togetherness, knowing, like Mm. a knowing of your own people, Mm -hmm. um, like a recognition. That's how I understand it Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. And and I know that we have like a question prompt, so I won't go off just yet. But um, (laughs) it was interesting reading about like sharing the sleeping mat with your siblings and parents. And it made me think about, like, I was thinking about my own experience, right, with with living with my family and how, like, we started off in a smaller home and then moved to a bigger home and how, like, I wonder, because I've dated, I've had, I've dated, you know, lovers who spent a lot of their houses where they were, like, literally still sleeping with siblings in the same room and how that affects their, their dynamic as like a family a unit right you think about that as a larger scale but um I don't know it just got I don't know if that makes sense but I'm just thinking about like how the closeness 
of that is demonstrated in Pakiki Ramdam. Yeah. Um, and for Pakiki Ramdam is more like you individualize, like you're saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, we can move into the conversation question. So how, if at all, have you experienced one of these interpersonal values in your life, mm-hmm. Pakiki Ramdam or Pakiki Ramdam? Mm. Um, uh, I guess I can I can go first yeah so um, story time Uh, yeah I'm here for it (laughs) but so you know as an adopted person um, I was adopted from the Philippines when I was nine months old so I stayed with my birth mom until I was nine months and so I had that I had skin contact Um, you know, I, she nursed me. I was very much part, uh, we, we, we had Ramdam, right. And then that was part of actually part of my grief, um, in being adopted is that, you know, you're a nine month old baby. You don't know what's going on. All of a sudden you have the, the source of life be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. Right. That's devastating. And then all of a sudden I'm in the Western world where I'm expected to self-soothe, where I'm expected to, you know, just drink from a bottle no, uh, and be fine with that and not have some sort of grief. And I just remember, too, like becoming uh, a mom myself, like I um, uh, like the, these Western practices were very much uh, touted as the way to mother, like you need to have your baby on a sleeping schedule a feeding schedule uh, or else they're going to be spoiled. Like don't spoil your baby. Don't pick them up right away. They need to be lying down on their back in the crib by themselves, mm. which if <clears throat> you go off, excuse me, if you go off like that's not, that doesn't no. like don't do that because you can't uh, uh, just to go off on a tangent, like, you know, if a baby is inside their mother for nine months, there needs to be a transition period. Like mm-hmm. there's even actual data that states babies don't really know they're not part of their mom until about nine months old mm-hmm. where they, they're like, oh, snap, I'm not, I'm my own individual self, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. so, um, so I just like this example that they brought up because for me, like it has shown up in my life where um, you know, I re- once I had my babies, like it triggered remembering my mom, you know, mm. and even though people were like, you're not supposed to remember that, but Pakigiramdam. Why would like, you not want to remember that though? That's so. What's that? Well, who told you not to remember that? <laughs> no, people were saying that you wouldn't remember because oh, I was okay, a baby. Okay. Yeah, but because again, I didn't have explicit memories, mm-hmm. right? I'd had That's tacit memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the feeling. Passive memories. Yeah. Use it in, so. vo- use it in senten- sentence. <laughs> Look at you, vocab queen. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you used it. Um, it, it, it activated the memory for you. Pakiki Ramdam, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, it was part of, part of the grief that I've had to process mo- um, most of my life. So, Pakiki Ramdam like the western ways 
don't necessarily from the from very birth they're pushing individualism versus kapwa hmm Whew. okay pushing you said pushing individualism Indiv- okay. yeah individualism because you're kind of like put to fend on your own like lost contact like you have nine months of contact and then you're pushed out and you're like okay gonna sit in this little crib by yourself yes and cry and and you know like the nursery the baby nursery is like why are they there for a little bit like I mean don't get me started about capitalism and like hospitals and they I'm sure they gotta do protocols to check and make sure the babies are you know quote-unquote clean all that shit but yeah that's not a bad why can't you do but, that while the baby's sitting on the mom? Like that's I get why that's why most people are doing like you know more holistic indigenous practices like home births yeah, and yeah. water births and well I mean they do that too because for one that's how we were raised that's the that's in the collective consciousness of Western America and, how, and uh, of how you're supposed to treat infants and also if we're not in community like it so if this was in our ancestral ways um the mom when she's tired grandma lola would be there or her sister ate or right, Tita's right. would be there to take care of the baby but in the hospital usually uh th- that's why that's why the nurseries are there because nobody's there to take care of mom yeah and let her sleep yeah. So let her sleep, let her heal. She just tore her body to bring this spirit into this world. And, right. um, you know, that like <laughs> reminds me because a long, long time ago, I was a medical secretary and I processed paperwork for mothers on leave. And it would just floor me how like dot, they would have to get some type of special um, note from the mo- the mom's doctor to let the mom-in-law or the mother like have time off too like you know or like um it'd have to be extreme like she had have like a mental health condition have extra time and it, it just who girl like I was just like why is America's like infrastructure so backwards like because um you know in different countries like especially like in Paris for example or France like they have nannies given to them and they get like a whole year like you know Canada Canada too girl yeah and it's like six months eight weeks eight six to eight weeks that's it you go back to work mom's back to work are you even done healing like no you're not talk about the women who were like had more complications right right so it's wild how like western culture capitalistic society treats our mothers and um you know, the call to action of the policies and people who are advocating for those changes, while it's very slow, you know, these are the conversations about like, I don't know, how can we support our mothers, our grandmothers, yeah, our mother figures, right? Even if they're mm-hmm. male figures too, male identified, then because paternity leave too, they only get six weeks as well. So like I had, um, you know, uh, people who would have like the mom had to take it and the dad would have to take it. They could never take it together. You know, damn well, like back then, obviously we're, yes, we're more evolved. Okay. Yes. Like we we're a different economy, whatever now, but like back then, like the mom and the father were home. They were all in the head yeah. chilling, really legit sleeping on the sleeping mats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, okay. I'll answer mine really quick. 
<laughs> How have I experienced one of these inter- one of these interpersonal values in your own life? Well, right now, um, immersed kind of deeply in this energy work, energy medicine work, um, for personal and professional reasons, I guess you could say, in service. Yes. Um, I stumbled upon something called identity politics and how that to me is like a veil um, that kind of, that doesn't like allow us to see each other, right? Mm-hmm. For for like Pakiki Ramdam is kind of like that vast, like more than just the self. It's you and and Kapwa, and your family, and the community, and the town, and the city, and the county, and the state, you know, and the country. So, um, like, who we are as people versus, like, who we are is more than just Filipinos. Um, so, I think, like, for me right now, with this topic of identity politics is like dropping all those veils what's left right actually it's like the paki ramdam yourself and what does self mm-hmm. um you know the tacit ways minus the programmings because obviously you're saying mm-hmm. earlier uh, um reading a situation or getting the sense of what is being said presented and what is behind that because what behind mm-hmm. that can be so subjective to every person right your upbringing like your traumas your joys your celebrations um so it can be read in different speeds and ways and all that stuff um what's your birth chart (laughs) right what time of the month is it (laughs) um so um yeah for me i think like i was saying like how i experience it i think i'm just like digesting it in a way that allows me to see how simple but how complex it is because of the way that um i think it was saying it was on it was like it was towards the end he said a statement it was like this is the yin and yang this is what makes us different tacit and explicit knowing which we'll get to in a little bit um explain the fundamental differences and ideologies that divide our world today so if it divides Mm -hmm. the world think how it divides an individual because we are our own little worlds and you know our own tacit wordless ways of processing and the explicit knowings that we acquired as we grew up right um their own lived experiences like how that's where i say that identity politics i'm proposing as like a a subject to consider maybe as a technology or tool to help you return back to what is your paki ramdam or your intuition Mm -hmm. as it's connected to high power high source high self you know, coming mm-hmm. from that heart center, because again, it can come from corruption. Your pucky rum dum, depending what your like emotional state you might be in, or trauma state, or whatever you know, and what's behind that, right? Again, going back to that, we said like presented what's behind that. Like, if you ask someone who just like lost a loved one or something, and, you, and intuitively they got in a place in a situation, they might be a little bit more skewed in a different way to react, right? Be- versus res- responding. Um, so then that's a veil that's a veil to consider too right that's a yeah so yes this i had goosebumps oh (laughs) ah talk about that energy and what you said about how you know everybody is a world unto themselves right so 
Yes. But I love that. So the next pillar is the three confrontative Filipino values or the spirit of survival. Mm. So the first of those uh, under the spirit of survival, the first of the three confrontative Filipino values is Bahalatna or the stamina of the creative will. So this is about determination. Um, Bahalatna is a keystone in the Filipino culture of resistance. The word is linked to the word Batala or God um, and is loosely translated. Loosely translated, it means leave things up to God. So the U.S. scholars mistook this for kind of like fatalism and it was misrepresented as passivity. Rewind, that's fatalism for the people's. Fatalism, like, oh, I can't do anything. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Fatal. Fatal. Okay. Fatal. Yeah. Predetermined, inevitable. Yeah. You don't have to. So why do do anything? Yeah. Right? And so I can see how they can miss, how how U.S. scholars, because they're trying to tell us what we think. The U.S. Mm -hmm. scholars represented it as passivity. Um, however, there was a Harvard scholar and Filipino national scientist. Yes, uh, his name was Alfred Alfredo Lagme, 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 Lagme. <laughs> <And he> said, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said Bahalatna represents a steadfast steadfastness in the face of uncertainty. So, um, for example. He traced the roots of this value to an environment that imposed on people uh, to cope with constant violent changes. So like our ancestors lived, you know, we lived where we in the Philippines and we just like the Philippines now were were prone to violent changes like earthquakes. There's eruptions, there's typhoons. Right. And so this idea of Bahalatna is the flexibility um, to respond to these things. So it combines creativity, acceptance, mm. and flexibility. So it is like a leave things up to God, mm-hmm. but it's not a, a passivity. It's an acceptance of what is, that what is, and then um, being willing to face those things and being creative in the solutions and being flexible for whatever uh god or the world throws in your face Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's such a um fast like it's like a it reminds me of buddhism and the terms of surrender you know i'm practicing that and not -not non-attachment healthy Mm non-attachment healthy emphasis because sometimes it's like bahalana it's like and i've heard it right growing up and it was like in a way that was like damned if you do damned if you don't like it's not yeah. my problem but in reality it, it each other's problems sometimes there's a part there's a point in energy from an energy work stance that you've presented support to the other party and they don't want to change or they don't want to take it so you just gotta be like all right bahalana. like it's you know yeah. um 
but then there can be resentment and all those like negative kind of charged um, pieces behind it. But I, I just bring that up to say that um, I love that it's like this, this energy signature of acceptance, like yeah. knowing that like there's going to be adversities in life, but finding yeah. that neutrality point, right. Being able to be like, mm-hmm. okay, like, yeah, the volcano's going off, but my ancestors been through this before we could do it again you know let's, right. let's look at the let's look at the smoke and the clouds and like let's be in awe of like how the lava flows down and how it creates new rich soil for you know the crop coming up next month something like that right yeah and they could have the attitude of bahalatna because they had pakiki ramdam because they were connected to other people because they were connected to the knowing of their ancestors that said yes we there there have been volcanoes and there will be volcanoes to come um but we know how to do this you know we know how to survive i don't know how to survive i mean maybe it would be deep down inside me but currently as me here (laughs) right as an american filipino (laughs) yeah where's the flashlights (laughs) yeah (laughs) where's the clean water do I have canned goods? Man, where's the stem? Yeah. <laughs> you have some stem. I know. Corned beef. Or corned beef. Man. Ew, I would never eat that raw. How do you? Anyways, going off the tangents. <laughs> what is that? I love this principle of acceptance, right? And I think, like yeah. again, heart-centered acceptance. Like, you know what? Yes. People are going to do what they need to do. Nature's gonna do what she needs to do. How can I do what I need to do? Right. As nature. Yeah. And as a as a as I study more energy medicine, I'm like, one of the things that pops up for me, especially when I get into like challenges, I'm like, I want God, what God wants for me. Like, and I say it, I look up to my like the the cosmos and I'm like, I want what you want for me. Like, guide me, you know, like maybe that's my tacit way of expressing. But yeah, it's honestly like a such a peaceful way to come back to like especially into stressful points like you know. Yeah. So Bahalana. Bahalatna. Okay. I want to say Bathala. Why are we losing her name at though? <laughs> um so but yeah, right? So Bathala Is it too long to say? It's only like two more Filipinos be playing. Like you're gonna add Pakiki Ramdam and then and then take away Bathala like we're disrespecting Bathala (laughs) right so Bathala was the uh father of Mayari Mayari word just just FYI shout out Mayari Moon Apothecary (laughs) shameless plug (laughs) ah Jinx you owe me a coconut juice (laughs) is that two or we even know all right, we'll call it even. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's cool. I didn't know that, that that was her daddy. Yeah, yeah, that was her. Or that was her dad. And then she had a brother named Apulaki, who was the god of the sun. Look at you, dropping the history on, on them. Yes, the deities yeah. of our, our ancestral deities. Right? Yo, I wasn't taught so. that shit growing up. Mm-mm. It was like, here's Jesus. Here's Mary. You know, I just realized that Jesus is a superhero. Like, he's like a Marvel superhero. He literally, we, that's another conversation for another day. 
But yeah, yeah. Um, as far as Bathala, like it, the way you kind of describe him, like that's like the Zeus of like yeah Filipino mythology deity. Yeah, yeah. So like gods and goddesses, right? Like the you wh- when you say gods and goddesses, when I grew up, that's who I was thinking, like Greek Greek gods. So they didn't look like me. They were probably tall. You know what did they look like though? Identity politics is what I'm saying. Oh, what did they look like, or what did they feel like? You know. Oh, see, okay, yeah. Because all right, we're we're coming off topic. I know. All right, next. But I appreciate. I appreciate. I man, what one of these days we're just gonna go off. We're just gonna take all of the tangents, (laughs) and you guys are just gonna have a four. I know. We're not even going to apologize for it. We're really trying not to record a four-hour podcast, but it can happen. <laughs> in my in my in my paki ramdams, I know it can happen. Anyways, <laughs> so the next part was lakas nang uh-huh. faith-inspired courage. So bravery, fearlessness, inner strength, the inner resource for change. Lakas nang does not actualize the good in oneself alone, but also awakens the goodness in others. So an example is um, centuries, you know, four centuries has been the theme, peasants fighting spirit and ideals of insubordination, authority, right? That whole uh-huh. hierarchy, blah, blah. When men, <laughs> I'm so against it. <laughs> we are all sovereign beings. <laughs> But when men and women with their children, led by Babylons, walked in the bullet hail of the Spanish and U.S. rifles, it was a premeditated meeting with death, which they chose over Catholic dogma or American rule. This part of ardor was informed by the Valley of La Casnanglaul. What a way to live in integrity, honey. Ooh. I know, right? Like, I'd rather die than bow to y'all. I'm coming back anyway. <laughs> Right, <laughs> separation is a separation is a lie. It is. I know. Let me say that. If anything ever happens, separation is a lie. <laughs> Peace out. Just kidding. Um. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. good one. Definitely. Like they mentioned Lucy too. Remember, if y'all listened to part one, we talked about our girl Lucy, who was a participant in the Good Fridays, where she acts out the station of the yeah. cross and actually gets her hands nailed into like that is lakas nang loob af okay yes so yes <laughs> yeah Next. and i love how it's like all of these embody the have the idea of kapwa in it so lakas nang loob does not actualize actualize the good in oneself alone but it also awakens the goodness in others i mean if you think about it if you have men and women and Babylon and their children walking into a bullet hail, right? Like, like all of them needed to understand that. Not just one. It's not just like, oh, here's the hero. Here's the like, uh, what is that? Like the scape, not the scapegoat, but like the one person who's going to stand up for good. Like these are all, all these mm-hmm. people were like, no, you know what? Um, we're all going to stand together yes. in this. So Yes, yes. And it's really that thing about like, if she can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And yeah. um, like you're mentioning earlier, like, you know, being a child of the universe, like you giving yourself permission to play and like um, 
take up Reiki or, you know, what else? Start a podcast or jump out planes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like someone did for I their did. birthday. I did. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. That was definitely a Lakas Nang Loob test for show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, and I went with one of my best friends and she is a roller coaster, like, she just don't have that fear with heights. I have a fear of heights. So, um, yeah, I can I can say with um, confidence that I conquered it. And it's such Yay. a profound experience. I would definitely recommend to anybody. So, anyways, Ooh. next one. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's move on for the interest of time. The next, the third right? Is it the third one? Yes. The third confrontative value uh, is pakikibaka, the power of fusion and social change, basically resistance, but within the idea of kapwa again. So a, co- a cooperative resistance, meaning pakikibaka can facilitate a level of fusion among even mo- mm. even the most diverse mm. communities, rousing all people into a concerted action. So examples would be, uh, remember when we talked about Sister Mary John Mananzan from Chapter 1, where she and her sisters linked arms to protect the factory workers who were on strike mm-hmm. from, so they didn't want them to be harmed by the military. Um, and so I feel like that's an idea of like diverse communities, right? Because even people were like, are these still sisters? How come they are out in the streets protecting factory workers? But it was a cooperative resistance um a fusion Mm. right and so and then um another example would be um like in philippine history uh there's so many events that identify resistance as a community affair uh you know like the historical struggles of the babaylans uh, the Kolorum and the Katipunan and to the current happenings with the resistance of the Lumad communities in the Mindanao mm. region. So Pakiki Baka stands for a struggle that takes people to the streets. It draws them towards a common goal, usually aimed at social change. So I feel like this can transcend just the, uh, even the, I, I know we're talking about this in an ancestral Filipino sense, but uh, this can transcend to do anywhere like I feel I feel like there was definitely um you know with the the movement of Black How Lives Matter I'm in sorry, 2020 we were literally I was get I was like Black Lives Matter and girl yeah yeah like that's definitely Pakikibaka where people like went to the streets like not just in America but like around the world people so it's so it's that spirit right that spirit of social change and people all of these different people, different cities, different nations, different states, they're like, nah. um, it's time for so, change. So I want to flip that coin and bring Ooh, a, a reframe about how Pakikibaka, social change, right? If we're assuming it's a neutral, not for like positive, like change, however, just neutral, Thinking about the people who stormed the White House, how that Oof. social change brought about, um, yeah. while it was like so privileged and so yeah. like it emboldened and exposed things that we have to talk about for social change. So that's why like 
Mm. For me, again, I don't endorse Trump. I don't, you know what I mean? Politics is a different topic for another day. I have my stance on it. But to have a leader like him in office was necessary. It was absolutely necessary because it, it exposed more of the corruption that's been going forever in a way that now with the technologies that we have and the way that we communicate as a society now, like the world is thinking like, what the hell is wrong with Americans, right? <laughs> and it exposes like our systems that need to be reassessed, right? So um, again, this is like part of, I guess, bringing back to like that tacit knowledge, right? That pakiki ramdam of being able to like see like, this is the volcano, like, erupting right this is like having trump Mm. in the white house was the volcano erupting was like all the shit all the gunk all the necessary heat you know mother earth was like we're gonna expose this shit and let this this burn over let y'all know what to do with this new soil to create this new earth Mm. um but first we gotta fuck shit up you know and that's really what i think is happening right like Fuck shit, shit up. up. Fuck yes. Ibaka comes in so many forms in terms of art too. Like you got, like it's it thrills me to see more brown folks like in spaces where, you know, mainstream media while it has its negative upbringings and can cause harm, it can very much cause um, conversation influence, um, you know, support, right? Remembrance, reminder of community, community, and. Um, so I I think like um that's just something I wanted to like introduce as a reframe how it's sort of part of like yeah. American went through like a shadow work AF one oh one, like when these folks came into office yeah. and took over like our quote unquote leadership. Um so are you saying so that if you if you take a neutral stance, you know, of a neutral observer about the uh, storming of the Capitol, that it was kind of like Kiki Baka on their on their quote unquote on the on the side of those people as well, even though it was privileged, right? But like, like the that was their resistance, kind of. Is that yeah? What you're I mean, like, so this is the identity politics yeah. piece, right? And again, while I'm saying I'm not condoning the harm and the privilege and the things they got away with versus like damn well like you know we all brown folks just went up and stormed that shit like it would be like world war three like they probably set off set off some Um, like nuclear shit on us and that shit would make me angry but however it didn't happen so let's not give that life force energy to that timeline thought um my point about this is that you know if we're preaching about capua 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 we gotta see capua in our enemy as what quote unquote Whoa. Right, because that's it's like, Whoa. what would Jesus do? Right, I'm saying, like he he at the end he let a thief go with him to heaven. You know what I'm saying? So, think about them white those you know angry white folk that and there's non-white folk that were there too. Let's be real. Like again, drop those veils and look at that human being. Like they're angered too. They feel like some part of the freedom was taken away too, whether or not like it makes sense. <laughs> you know, distorted distorted realities that's the different conversation however something in them was like violated they're like fuck we gotta take we gotta act too so and that's just got along the same energy signature of like black lives matter and like all these protests yeah. like 
you know, all the things that people are advocating for equality, because that's really what we all want. We all want yeah. peace. We all want to be felt and seen and heard. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was a hot take. <laughs> I, yeah, that blew my mind right quick. So I appreciate it, sis. That was, um, that was, that was God speaking. So that was in me. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, because you are the divine. The divine is in, in you. And also and in you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Go be one with God and uh, enjoy your week. <laughs> so um, so the whole idea of the confrontative Filipino values, right? Uh, the makeup, the spirit of survival. It reminded me of the late Anthony Bourdain. Oh, so the chef me. guy who went. Yeah. And so he said, Filipinos give of themselves, of their time, of their money, their love to others. They do and continue to do what needs to be done to survive. Huh. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Because of that pukikiramdam. <laughs> we can just like, we Yo. can just swerve. Be like, okay, this Girl. is what we're doing We now. still are. I mean, there's still, yeah, Americans are gone. Quote, or you know whoever was who who took 1902 right some some people left we still got chinese and american economic colonizing let's let's not talk about that Be but, real. Um, yes anyways oh rest in peace yeah but i mean i so if we can move on to so I will answer this question for myself. So how at all have you experienced one of these values in your own life? I'm just thinking about even just our, like our parents who came over, our titas, our titos, who came over from uh, uh, from the Philippines to America. I mean, if you think about it, that is a violent uh -huh. change, right? That's yeah. a violent change. But they're like, okay, I'm just going to roll with it. This is what we're doing now. I'm going to do what needs to be done to survive. I'm going to find my community, my kapwa. I'm going to give them my time, my money. I'm still going to love. I'm still going to be part of the people. And I'm going to continue to do what our ancestors have always done, just in a totally different context, right? That's so. cooperative. What did they call it again? Cooperative. Um, shit. Resistance. Cooperative resistance. Cooperative. Yeah, yes. I think it's like that balance that yin, that yang to like accept like this is what it is, but this is how I'm gonna survive. Like Anthony Bourdain said. Mm -hmm. I think for me, really quick to answer that question, I wanted to bring up is, um, you know, one of the values. I'm just continuing off of social change, COVID nineteen, girl. Like how um, reading the paragraph it's on page ninety three. How the second paragraph it says talks about paradigm shifts. Um, if it lets people walk their talk hereby affirming their convictions as part of their being so as this type of struggle involves consensus building it is becoming a process this is like a slow burning fire that eventually consumes everything in its path and generally follows certain steps the equilibrium of a group that has Ooh. been disrupted which is us the world the people are disturbed we've been in the house since fucking march 2020 and a fresh level of fusion is needed among them somewhere a secret meeting is held which contain continues in public places men women and children convene casually they share some food and talk things over um, da, 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 da. but my point is like when i was reading that i was yeah. thinking like damn like 
you know, as like COVID was like on and then off and then sort of on, then sort of off. Like people are still, depending on your comfort level, convening in spaces like the holidays. Like I think there was a news headliner who was like, you know, people are still going to get together and be with their families, like regardless of, you know, depending on the comfort again. Um, and people yeah. do what they want to do. Some people yeah. didn't. Right. And I I heard about it at my job. Like, yeah how they didn't get to see like their loved ones and how that affected them. So just about the social change piece, how a fresh level of fusion is needed among them. That's what gatherings are for. Like social change, meaning like the world is changing, obviously has changed and continues to change with this COVID-19, but we still find ways to survive as, as a unit, whether it be like in your families and your cities and your towns and your, you know, mm-hmm. so all right. So do we feel complete with that one? Mm-hmm. We can move on to the last pillar. The three of Filipino personhood. Yeah. Your personhood. I love your accent. So it's on point. The, the mm. first one is Karangalan. Karangalan. K-A-R-A-N. K-A-L-A-N. Yeah, I feel it's like Karangalan. Karan. Karangalan? Yeah. Mm. All right. I don't know. Um, I don't understand the, the subtitle, self-esteem minus credit card. Like, they didn't really say anything about credit card. They did mention, like, economic status of rich and poor. So I, I wasn't really sure. But uh, maybe you, uh, you can help. If you see it, you can help me see it during the the uh, the explanation so kanangalan usually stands for a good name or an honorable reputation usually associated with a good reputation with a degree mm-hmm. a pedigree or accolades best- accolades bestowed upon persons by others um, but this is only the external expression of kanangalan um, Enriquez suggests that the concept has an internal aspect, which is the dignity and the sense of self-respect. So he says an example, the intrinsic quality of a person that allows them to shine despite the grime of their appearance, environment, or status in life. It is the inner strength of a person that allows him to face the rich and the mighty with confidence and resolve. Hmm. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you feel? Like, I know, uh, so good reputation with a degree. The first thing I thought was, are you, are you going to be a doctor? Are you, are you going to be a nurse? Yes. <laughs> I know. going to be a right? doctor, nurse, lawyer. Huh? You're going to make money. Get a good job. What is your degree? What's your degree? Yeah, and I think that like that's like part of the American dream that was sold to like our parents, you know, and our ancestors that immigrated. Like you gotta pull up your bootstraps and like go to school or like Mm -hmm. get this job, make stack up this bread. You know what I'm saying? And it it it, nothing wrong with that. Like sure that people are allowed to do that, but um, yes, I think that you know again it's that whole like at the end of the day, it matters what's going on in here, right? Versus what's going on out there. You can have all the degrees. And while that's very respectful, it's very hard to get a degree, sure. Um, there is a level mm-hmm. of like, I feel like it's like a scholarly scholarly way of um, hazing you, 
right? Um, intrinsically, there's also very much people who don't have degrees and they're just as like, you know, they can be just as like at that level of folks who have multiple degrees and it can be vice versa. Um, so again, it's just what matters, yeah. what's going on in West Side. Yeah. And I think the one thing I will say to answer your question is like, um, so the Bavilon looks at, I love how you say it's kind of, he was like talking about makeup. It was like that crusty layer of yeah. makeup. <laughs> it's like the Bavilon looks at like genuine booty, right? Inner and outer both yes. together. So, yeah. Something came to mind, maybe like an, uh, uh, an example, a tangible example of Karangalan would be in the Filipino, like the current, the modern Filipino community is like just being able to know your inner worth and inner value when you walk into a Filipino party and titas are like, do you have a boyfriend? Oh, uh, do you have kids yeah. yet? Do you, are you, a, you're not a nurse or how come you're so, how come you're, you're so skinny, you need you're to so eat, bad, or you're so but bad. But go eat, you know? but go eat. Why are you but not go eating? Eat. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like being able to walk up in there and be like, you know, I know my inner value, I know my inner worth, and I'm going to walk confidently <laughs> in this environment, even yeah. uh Despite what others may see as my status or yeah. my not yep. status, girl, right? that's a lot of um, who is a lot of internal dialogue to have in those settings. Like, man, Ooh, yes. I think I said mentioned before. Ram Dass said, "If you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family." So, <laughs> I think yeah. it ties in like you're saying, like it, boundaries, right? All right. So the next one, Katarungan. Katarungan, Katarungan. We should Google these. I, honestly, I know. Before. I was tempted. Justice and fairness for all. As a value, Katarungan stands for human rights. Justice is not what the law says, but what the people say it should be. In the context of the shared self, justice must be accommodative rather than con- confrontative. I keep wanting to say confrontational, but. I digress. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think what the people say yeah. it should be, that's such a, well, my analytical ass mind will be like, well, what people are saying what the laws should be. And are those people, like, are they in their Zen mode? Like, <laughs> are they like angry and grieving? And that's very much, again, valid to be. But, right. You know. <clears throat> Well, I think it's, you know, it just harkens back to what we were talking about, like the Black Lives Matter movement and, and it the fight against the system, right? So the system is what, in America, is what sets justice. But the justice system ain't rigged. always yep. just. Right. So I, the idea that justice is not necessarily what the law says, what the people say it should be yeah that is that is a little bit controversial or like like you know you got to make sure you're coming from again a heart space however when you do have a whole group of people saying something the that i am for that because that is what changes Mm -hmm. the system 
that may not be actually I have a just. Margaret Mead quote I love. It says, um, do not underestimate the power of, um, like, one person or a small group of people to change the world. In fact, it's the only amount of people that ever has changed the world. So. Yes. That's beautiful. More or less language, but yeah. y'all get it. <laughs> All right. Next term, sis. <laughs> Kalayaan, freedom, the, the need to be free. Kalayaan endows the Filipino with the courage to detour and the patience mm. to wait. So just, just real quick side note, there is oh, an Instagram user uh, he's public. I think his name is literally Kalayaan, but he had a little like reel, like a little Instagram reel thingy. And he said he was pointing out how a lot of our current Filipino names are like Mark Marcos or like they're very Spanish related. Mm. Right. So um, like our first names. But he was like, but that's because we were taught that our language wasn't beautiful. But I could have been named mm. Kalayaan, mm. which means freedom. And I was just like, so that was my first hearing of that word and just the way he said it. I was like, oh, shit, that is beautiful. So I, yeah, he, he had made a point or she had made a point, sorry, about, uh, about Kalayaan and how it is the freedom to basically just she uh, she mentions like fishermen like to them their freedom is gathering uh, in the nets and catching fishes right and so that's their freedom then he um, she brings mm -hmm. up urban Pinoys that Kalaya like a highly creative nonconformist lifestyle that tends to balk at society imposed regulations. So it was just a very interesting, it was like the freedom to be who you are. It's not just the general freedom to do to do, right? It's the freedom to do from the place of freedom. That's our uh in who in identity, your identity or being or, or being. birth, right? And I love how it says, like, Pahala Nas driven right. by Kalayan. So, again, it's this theme of freedom, 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 remembering freedom. So I feel like these words, these language words, these sentences, the things we're exploring, like, it's, it's literally God saying, like, y'all, you can be free if you want to be. So, yes. question, how, if any at all, have you experienced any one of these values under the pillars of Filipino personhood, huh? Um, in your own life. Huh? Huh? Personhood, huh? Your personhood, huh? Well, I guess, you know, just to what I had already said about being able to walk into any sort of situation, whether it is, you know, in a at a Filipino party or with your family and just know your worth um, and, and anywhere, just like anywhere, just to know your worth. It doesn't come from accolades bestowed mm. on other persons. 
right? It just comes from inside of you. And that's, I feel like that is something that I had to, that I'm just now able to walk in this year. Um, my 38th Yay. time around the sun. You 38, girl? I, just fine. I finally it out. You know, brown don't Asian frown. Don't brown don't frown. <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. <sighs> Any of these values in my own life. I feel like we go through this every day. Um, you know, there's always a daily test of like, how's your self-esteem today? Um, you know, what injustices or justices are confronting you? Um, how can you still stay in a place of freedom or neutrality? Right to find that paki ramdam that 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 neutral point. Um, so I wouldn't say um, have I experienced it. I think we experience that in some capacity every day. Um, and I think about these pillars. I was thinking about these pillars a lot, and I was like, kind of inspired. Like, if this was like, because I admire. So for example, setting like Muslim culture, they have pillars. Uh-huh. And they bow to the pillars mm-hmm. like every day. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I've collected through my conversations with Muslim friends. And I wonder why, like Filipinos, we don't have that instilled in like our religious practice or spiritual practice, right? Like every day, I would love to like revisit this at my altar. Just talking about like checking with your self esteem, your justice, your, you know, what I'm saying um, going back to the to this other we talked about the spirit of survival. And also the interpersonal values, like these three pillars, right? That's good. I'm th- I might just go ahead and implement that for my own <laughs> spiritual practice. Do it, girl. That's how own. I mean. How, um, <laughs> spiritual communities are fo- found in space, and then they get fun building, and they. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. I would just wonder, like, how we could bow to these pillars um, on a daily basis and how that shapes and molds how we show up in society as a Filipinx um, individual you know especially if these um, pillars are being like set in the path by you know in what is his name Enriquez Enriquez um there's just ways to like yeah Mm -hmm. in touch with spirit right so Mm -hmm. that's beautiful that is beautiful so um so i have an enclosing summary right you see my notes there put stuff that like stood out to me like to wrap it up about the tacit knowing versus explicit knowing and then uh katrin de de goya's mystical experience i just was struck by Catherine de Goya's mystical experience with meeting a Babylon and how she, she didn't even really meet her necessarily. She was looking at her and the Babylon, mm-hmm. you know how you can know when people are looking at you. I feel like that's probably what happened. And the, and the Babylon like turned and looked at her like deep in her eyes. And she said that, um, she said an astoundingly simple love for life and its multitude of beings washed away my previous worries 
I felt light and easy at heart. I knew deep inside I had profoundly changed. So that's what she wrote after meeting her, after, you know, going, spending the day watching her in ceremony. Um, uh, but yeah, she, it was really poignant for her to mm. look into her eyes. And I just, uh, yeah, it felt, I just like I was reading it, it felt powerful. It was like well, an embodiment of yeah, all the things I'm... that we had just talked about. Right. So like the, the Bobylan is the yes. embodiment. They're, they're the pillar of carriers all of these pillars. for sure. And it was really interesting how she was like, yeah. her eyes um, fell locked into hers in steady gaze and she did not resist. I was like, Ooh, bold girl. Cause staring into your, someone like has, have you stared into anyone's eyes? Like just to like, okay. Like right now we're looking at you. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like staring at a stranger's <laughs> eyes and they say it's the windows to the soul. Um, but it was really fascinating to me that um, Katrin wrote, assuming yeah. it's Katrin writing this, that she saw something in the Babylon. Sadness lingered in luminous eyes. The jungle around me roared and oh, yes. all leaves were framed golden and their air was like pearl-like strings staring in the wind. It's beautiful writing. Um but anyways, I think it was like a little flashback from what I gather. You could tell me. But it says, an exquisite youth, he, he who lived inside her. And then sadness lingered in luminous eyes. So it's like, and then she um, was left when the, they broke, when the Babylon broke the gaze, she noticed like sadness around her. Like, you know, the, the denuded hills, scattered plastic bags, torn branches, crying animals unloved mothers, hungry children, the dirt and noise of villages and towns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like, what did she do? Like channel her to like ch- go into the yin and the yang? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I feel like, because twice she mentions how the Babylon was an ageless woman. So you couldn't really figure out what how old she was she could have been old or young but then she beheld an exquisite youth he who lived inside her and then the sadness so I feel like she was probably picking up on the Babylon spirit of the fullness and the wholeness of it of the being able to hold the good and the bad right like the the yin and the yang like you said and being able to grieve for all of these dark things but you know in the next paragraph she talks about um this lake right and some people they she asked what does the lake look like and some people said oh it was a beautiful mirror some people were like well uh i think there's a lot of smog (laughs) but and she said this lake is large and very deep it has many faces and is blessed with an abundance of creatures animals, plants, microbes, and smaller microorganisms. There are areas that are sick, and yes, in some surface layers, the living things are dying. But there are also areas that are completely healthy, especially the deeper layers, which are inhabited by creatures unknown to man. For these deep layers, the lake can always regenerate. First of all, I think that's deep on just like any level, like an ancestral level, like if we are a lake, if the human race is a lake, like 
there are deep layers and we can all regenerate. So, but I feel like specifically that, that paragraph is the feeling of what she beheld in the Babylon's eyes, the ability mm. to be so mm. powerful and poignant mm. and so hopeful because we're everything and, and nothing at the same time as within so without yes yes yes, yes. i think that's yes. beautiful by oh Ooh. that's <sighs> i can only imagine like the power behind just a gaze to have that much reflection and impact on someone and Girl, I mean, I had my own experience. Shout out to Drea. Oh, I know. Did. I she pulled a, a, I don't want to give all your secrets racist, but that exercise was <laughs> profound. So, and you know, I just imagine how to lock eyes with someone and to see all that is. Like, it's like, do you see all those memes? Oh, remember when I was saying <laughs> to Imi, I was like, look, I need someone to make a meme of these psychology terms. That's such a millennial thing to say. Because <laughs> um, it's it's good to like have, again, these pillars to revisit, especially if it comes from our own special special background, you know, of our people and how it resonates with us. In reality, it resonates with human kind, yeah. but to have like Filipinx spearheaders like in this work, like creating the outline is awesome. Um, but I just bring it up to say my favorite quote after you read the one about like, the layers yeah. of the lake that gave I was like yes um I think the quote she wrote um was like the end right um like the tune of her voice wound wound ways and rode into my brain first like a lullaby then like a mighty river embraced by a gentle breeze I was lost far beyond my skin beyond my mind beyond who I was and all that I ever knew or owned and I wrote here with me too sis because it's like it's literally like what I like you know say like the first thing of knowing anything is knowing you know nothing and so um yeah I was like yeah I can only imagine and they were saying she was writing writing like dang this is only 50 miles away from I had to look it up that's what I did look up I didn't look up how to pronounce the words but I looked up how I was like where's 80 kilometers away from Manila like so I was like, if I go to Manila, I need to go to, to Mountain <laughs> Makiling. I invite only, I'm sure, but yeah. Yeah, that's only an hour I was away. Literally picturing how yeah. sacred that space is probably and what they're doing out there. Oh I know. Yeah. The Bob Island said that our love could manifest mm-hmm. in the way we looked at the good things in our environment while not Divine ignoring union. the surrounding shadows. What? So See? good. So good. Okay. That's good. Um, we can, you guys can revisit that story. It's on page 90. I think it starts on like 97. I... Can I read the, can I just read this last quote that I thought, that I thought was summary from the whole thing. So, you know, we're talking about Kapwa and just like individualism versus, you know, just togetherness. Um, and so one of the last things she says in this um, article in the book is the Bobylan is at home in either world. She is the ancient reed of wholeness, a living legacy of the bamboo split once by God into woman and man. She can shift shapes and adjust to her surroundings without losing her true nature. She is at home in this world as the mythic man, 
She is everywhere, Mm. serving all life in her own ways. As we end our conversation and close out this container with gratitude, again, we bring recognition and honor to all of the forces that guided us together in this moment. Thank you for joining our conversation. And as we end, we leave you with a blessing. May you remember the connection with Mother Earth and all her abundance when you feel lost or lack. May you hear the voice of your own heart-centered Pakiramdam and the voices of your own ancestors, reminding you that you are always worthy, deeply held, and supported. When you are weary, may you know that the divine is only a breath away. May Kapwa grow in your heart, and until we meet again, may you know that whatever happens, you are loved.